0: Listen to this. Zakawani, the flying winger. Here's Brad Evans. It's Steve. It's
1: Steve. Who is it? It's Brad Evans. <laughs> he
0: said it again.
1: Happy days are here again.
0: Turning with the drive. It's Steve Zakawani. Evans with the left foot. He's an attacking threat, Brad Evans.
2: This is so weird.
0: The
1: party has started.
2: Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Side by Side. It's good to be back here with Keely and Brad Evans, and it's a good time to be a Sounders fan. The Sounders, of course, preparing for such a historic game, a historic couple of games um, in club history when they go in the Champions League final next week. But before that, there is a small matter of MLS action as the Sounders are on the road to San Jose Earthquakes. Who just fired their manager? So it'll be an interesting, um, interesting team to face, of course, at this time. And also for Brian Schmetzer, So maybe um we'll see some juggling with the lineup. So we'll touch into all of that. But I think only really one place to begin. You know, I wasn't um in the country when the Sounders punched their ticket to to the CCL final. But just curious how you both pretty much feel about that. Is is it is it are we capturing? the grandioseness of this as much as we should be.
1: First question. Did you see any Sounders jerseys overseas?
2: I saw, no, I didn't. I saw one Galaxy jersey that was Beckham.
1: Really? You saw a Beckham jersey? In
2: In in Milan. In Milan. 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 Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm always curious. There's this one like subreddit and this guy like works at Disney World and he always keeps track (laughs) of the jerseys that he sees throughout his time working there. Sounders (laughs) And Sounders <laughs> are always up there. So yeah, you know, yeah, it's a world brand, right? That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, what was the
2: question, Steve? <laughs> are we, are, are we properly capturing how big is that the clubs in the champions league final? I think we are, but I'm just curious how your take on
1: it. Yeah. So I think, you know, coming back to, you know, this, this team is a, you know, a big brand, right? That's why I asked that question. And this is our goal is to always put ourselves on the, on the world stage. And this is the biggest opportunity for this club to do that. Um, you know, it's a massive opportunity <clears throat> and we've been in this position, you know, a similar, not this exact position before, but we've been pretty close uh, in, in some of these tournaments. But this is the biggest one. And I think, you know, <clears throat> we got a sense of it last week on the podcast, but just talking with, you know, Andy um, and, and you know, a, a bunch of other people this week, even at the game this past weekend is how much focus is going into this game shows this could be the biggest result in club history. If you, if you win this tournament, it's, it's probably the biggest result. And I would argue bigger than MLS cups. It's, it's easy to say that since we've already won, you know, two. So you kind of have to remind yourself, okay, where, where is it on the priority list? Um, But right now having that, you know, MLS cup in your back pocket, I think it's safe to say that this would be, you know, the biggest occasion and and the biggest result uh, in Sounders history.
3: Yeah, it may not even feel that way necessarily this year. But when we look back in, you know, a decade or 20 years or whatever, I I truly believe that if and when we win CCL, fingers crossed, obviously don't want to jinx us. It's going to people we're going to look back and it's I agree with you, Brad. I think it's going to be even bigger. Th- I mean, MLS Cup is a big deal. But I think, again, in 20, 30 years from now, we're going to look back at winning CCL and be like, wow, that was a huge turning point frankly in our franchise in major league soccer it's just so exciting it's so yeah. exciting
2: that, that does it being a two-legged final take away at all from sort of like you know Because when you, you you played an mls cup final the first time the club won it um you know it was that day it was like we're playing this it's all or nothing leave it all on the line this one you got to be maybe a bit more tactical a bit mm-hmm. more you're thinking it's only first half I don't know how that changes the approach in terms of the coaching side of it but also for us watching on the outside now does that take away a tiny bit from it or are we still expecting regardless so you know you come back if you're four 0 down or you're four 0 up it really changes the mood for what the second leg will be but maybe not I don't know how um, that two-legged approach to a final will, will affect things
1: yeah I you know well, finals a final, whether it's two legs or, or one game. And you know, we we've been in a number of these positions with MLS Cup playoffs and having two leg series, and they're freaking dramatic, right? They are they're they're drama filled, you know. But there is something to be said about those play-in games that have even more because you you lose, you go home, right? That's the end of your yeah. season. Um you definitely lose a little bit of that something that says okay this is a final boys get in the locker room it's it's do or die leave it all on the line i don't care if you rip your hamstring off the bone whatever you got to do to save that ball from going in the back of the net right um that's the mentality of a final but like you said yes much more tactical in in this in this series which i think tactics are 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 one of our best qualities you know at, at sounders i think we've done such a good job in the past of doing well in league and winning open cups throughout the season and, you know, making great runs in the playoffs and, 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 champions league also being able to manage all that is what this club has done in the past to prep themselves for this moment. Those are all learning experiences that should be in the bank of Schmetz, right? Yeah. He's had 13 years now with this team to say, okay, well wait in 2011, we played in Monterey on a Wednesday and then we went and got our asses kicked because we made too many changes Right, or we had a good result the next year because we didn't make as many changes. You know, these are all things that should be in the memory bank for for Schmetz, uh leading into this game and and what the the lineup should look like and and tactically, um, you know how how we approach this game.
3: I do think that the order of legs makes it more exciting for us for sure because we yeah. could win it obviously in Seattle. So
2: that yeah. is just um, something I want to mention. No, that's great. Um, perfect segue into. Talking about lineups, there is a game before that. Um, we, we do want to give San Jose the respect um, they should have. Um, how, how, how do the Sounders approach this? I mean, I, you know, someone like I, I, I'm thinking right now, Nico, Raúl, a lot of these guys who, of course, are going to start um, the, the 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 final. They need rhythm and minutes still because they 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 they're coming back, but they still, they haven't played much um, football as much as they would have wanted. Nico, especially in the last year and a half, yeah. he just hasn't. So I think he just wants to keep playing. So I I I would I, I'm I've not talked to Schmetz yet. I hope there isn't a case of just like we're playing two separate lineups that like we're almost approaching this as in my main guys, you get the night off in San Jose. You know, we still have time to make up mm-hmm. back in MLS standings. I want to go all in on this final, which I kind of understand, but I feel a need call, Raul. These guys at this point should be able to handle a Sunday, a Saturday, Wednesday game. You would think so, especially the way they travel now. It's more, um, you know, everything is chartered. You're, you know, staying overnight or sitting in the middle seats and things like that. Um, I'm curious, that, that's maybe going to be the biggest balancing act of Schmetz's managerial career so far is which lineup he puts out. Of course, someone like Christian comes to mind and he can play a game today and a game tomorrow. It feels like it, you know. But Joe Paulo, Nico, Raul. I'm curious what approach we see in San Jose. Is it going to be the typical 5-4-1, sit tight? You know, we put a, a few of the young academy guys. You see a Tenso, you see Leiva, you see these guys out there. And then maybe bring on a Raul. I can see that approach. I don't know that... It's in Nico's best interest to not um, play this weekend. I'm, I'm leaning more towards a, a strongish lineup for both games, I would say.
1: Yeah, I, I think you'll see a mixed group still, starters, yeah. but you got to get these guys minutes. And it's always easier to start a game than to come in and with 30 minutes left because you're entering a game that's so fast paced, especially a desperate team like San Jose. <clears throat> you know, a coaching change that's dangerous. We can talk about that. But the I, w- I would rather see Nico start and and build into the rhythm of a game for 35-45 minutes. Give give him a half. He's got three days to recover, right? Guys like that, I think, are able to and capable. And I think that they would want to uh stretch their legs. They don't want to sit here in Seattle and just do fitness. You know, yes, it's a controlled environment, and there's a lot of what-ifs and, and unknowns, but it's a tough one. I mean, you look at, you know, the red card wedding game against Portland, right? It's a, it's a game, a huge game here, midweek, you know, Oba comes on and rips his groin off the bone in that game. Of course you look back at it and you're like, why did we even play him? Why did we even play Clinton in that game? You know, it's, there are all these what if situations and you can't play soccer like that. And you certainly can't, um, you know, give these guys two weeks break in between game yeah, because okay. it's just yeah. not, it's not enjoyable. Um, you know, you see it in MLS Cup playoffs when you're in a rhythm and on a roll, that's when you want to just keep playing, yeah. keep playing, right? You don't want to train. You'd rather be playing a game than training. So I think you'll see a little mixed lineup. Uh, I hope that these guys get some, get a little something underneath their legs to, to give them confidence, most importantly, going into Wednesday. Well,
2: the is are coming off a loss. Um, To Miami So we do have to also You know We're not going to Throw the MLS season away Is is there any reason To be concerned With this slowish start I mean I Would sit and say Absolutely not I mean we saw what Winning 13 Or I think Not winning 13 But going undefeated For 13 games Last season It's not really How you start in MLS We've seen this team Start terribly and then end up going strongly. I mean, you don't want to have to rely on a summer surge and maybe a summer signing and you really hit form in August. You don't want to rely on that. But I think there's reasons to be easily explained to why the team kind of has been stop-start and, you know, a little bit unimpressive. You know, obviously, uh, Miami came in to town last week and picked up the win as well, which Miami's not a very good team. So a bit of a surprise. But my concern is very low. I've not been on Twitter. I'm sure the Twitter concern me or might be higher, or maybe people just understand that, look, man, we're, we're frying bigger fish right now and we'll get back to MLS when it needs to, um, curious where the level of concern should be with the indifferent start to MLS, we'll call it. And then how much is a result this Saturday important?
3: Um, this results important. I think we don't want to, you know, come out with zero. I will say for, you know, anyone on Twitter, freaking out in 2018, we also had a crazy slow start. We didn't get our first one until April 22nd, and we started that season 1-4-1, and and we ended up in the playoffs versus Portland. So my panic meter is at about a 1, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not even a 1. I think that we're really trying to, and I don't, I don't want to speak for the first team, but I really think that what they're doing is they're putting all of their chips in the CCL run, rightfully so, and we're going to be fine. We're going to
1: yeah. be fine. Yeah, I, I think we'll be fine. Not concerned. Of course, when, when you look at the standings, you never want to see yourself, you know, with with seven points through, through six games. But, you know, at, at this point, all efforts are on Champions League. Um, I think if you win Champions League, you know, the expectations are still so high. You've got Open Cup coming up after that, um, which will certainly be a mixed group. Uh, and then you can really just focus on, you know, the rest of the season and and getting the job done, um, and being methodical about the rest of the year, which is pretty exciting. But the one thing I always keep an eye on is goal differential. Mm -hmm. And at this point, there's zero reason to panic on that front, because I know the capabilities of of Steph and, and our, and our defensive line. And, and, uh, when that team is healthy, it's a, it's a really, really good team and, you know. You got to rest guys to to make a deep run against these Mexican teams. We talked about it before. We just don't have the roster makeup to do both, in my opinion, and and really push the envelope. We just don't. We're just not there yet, and that's that's okay. We'll get there, but we're going to have to take our lumps. Ownership knows that. Uh, everyone should know that. Uh, we cannot win every single game when we're trying to achieve something that we haven't before. So yeah. Yeah, t- take the lumps exactly like you said, Steve. And, and keep yeah. an eye on that goal differential. As long as it hovers around zero, and we're still in that position, you know, I still think we'll uh, we'll, we'll be okay. You know, just looking at the other teams, you know, you got a, San Jose is minus six, and then Vancouver minus eight, Sporting minus eight, Inter Miami minus eight, Cincinnati minus six, and then you know you got the Sounders at minus one in that mix. Uh, not, not a concern for me. Uh, Yeah. So that starts to really dramatically change. Then I think we start chatting about, you know, defensive signings and things, but no, no, no concern. Yeah.
2: No, with you. Agree with both of you hundred percent. The Sounders in action, MLS action first this Saturday, seven o'clock kickoff. We will be live at six 30 with a pregame on Fox 13. And also you can listen on the radio. I believe Keely, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, the Sounders going to San Jose. We'll see what kind of lineup the Sounders pull up. Of course, San Jose, keep in mind, they just fired their coach, um, Almeida, who obviously was a great player and very successful in Mexico. Just didn't work for him in San Jose, but we've seen here in Seattle, we're no strangers to seeing what a coaching change um, can do for a team. So we've got to be wary of that. That game should be an exciting one. We'll take a short break. When we come back, we'll have a little bit of over and under, and then we'll get out of here. Stay tuned.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome to Lumen Field. Thank you for your support of the Sounders and let's go beat Miami. Now I stand before you tonight to ask for your support, not just for tonight, but for May 4th, what will be the biggest game in club history. To be here for a CONCACAF Champions League final. <clears throat> no American team has ever won the tournament. No MLS team has ever won the tournament. This game on May 4th is for immortality. This game is for the whole city of Seattle, the whole community. This is our last chance as a city to impress upon FIFA that we should host games in the 2026 World Cup. If you buy one more Sounders ticket in your lifetime, make it for May 4th. You will be able to tell your kids that you were there when the Sounders took a shot at history. Fighting out of the rave green corner who here will help us take on the world? Who will stand on May 4th with the Sounders?
2: Welcome back everyone, side by side. Let's get right to the over and under Keely?
3: All right, over under, this is San Jose Earthquakes edition. i basically decided to turn these into trivia over-unders. Um, mm. I don't know if that's gambling etiquette, but whatever, here we are. Um, first one, Brad, you were talking about goal differential in general. I This over-under is what is our historic goal differential versus San Jose Earthquakes. This is only regular season games. I have the over-under starting at plus 10.5 as our goal differential versus San Jose Earthquakes. Over-under.
2: I'm going to say over. There's been a couple big wins in there. Over.
3: You guys are both right. Over with 15. Plus 15 is our goal differential. Mm. Uh, Let's move on to wins. Total regular season wins versus San Jose Earthquakes. Over under 13. Ooh.
1: That's a lot. 13? That's a lot of wins. I would say under. Under 10.
3: Over 15. We have 15 wins against them. Yes, we do. Uh, our regular season record versus san jose earthquakes historically 15 11 and 8 15 wow. 11 and 8 is the record um my last over under is raul Rui diaz career goals versus san jose earthquakes he has a lot of them that is a hint he has a lot of goals scored against the san jose earthquakes i have the over under at five over under at five he has nine career starts. career starts I want to
2: say probably seven, but I think his first goal might be against them. But there's one on decision day. I think he scored a couple. I think he scored a lot of goals. So probably seven over.
1: I mean, over.
3: Steve, you were really close. Eight. You scored eight eight goals versus San Jose Earthquakes in
1: 10 games. Nine games.
3: Nine games. games. (laughs) Eight goals in nine games. He loves playing San Jose. So I guess we should hope that, you know, he, like you guys both said, gets some playing time. Uh, I was thinking
1: about this. isn't Garth a big Star Wars fan? I'm not I sure don't he is. Know, is he. I, I could have swore I like heard <laughs> that somewhere, and I feel like that's what prompted the the speech. Um, Star Wars? <laughs> like I I think that's what prompted the speech at uh, in in front of the game, and because <laughs> the game is on May fourth. Sorry. Oh, that's the
3: force, the force. Or May the, the fourth word. be
1: with you. I think that, that is his speech. I swear I heard somewhere that he was like <laughs> a big Star Wars fan, but maybe someone on Twitter can, um, <laughs> someone out yeah. there, please answer that question or or do some digging. Yeah, I swear I heard that somewhere, but I think that's what inspired that, uh, rousing speech.
3: Wow. The Vince According McMahon to- special.
1: Yeah. That's
2: quality. Um, that's over and under.
3: Yeah, that's over and under. Um,
2: we, we, before we get to predictions, I, I was thinking about this just now. And Brad, you, you're very well placed to answer this because for I think back, even like I think my youth career, if I say, okay, I start playing when I was five, you start on like in England, especially on Sunday League football teams, you have your coach review you through the season, and that coach pretty much takes you through your whole youth career. Then I got to Arsenal. Uh, you know, we would change culture maybe every couple of years, but it's because you went up to a different age group. And then I played in college at Caleb Porter the whole time, came to Seattle. All I knew was Ziggy. You know, he drafted me as a rookie. That's who I knew, his tendencies. And I could by my third I could predict his team talk after a win, after a defeat. <laughs> I kind of knew what he's going to do on a Sunday. I knew his patterns. You just kind of learned it. Um, then I went back to Caleb Porter again um, in Portland and kind of had that. I'd never had a coaching change midseason. Um, you were there, obviously, when Ziggy... Um, was let go and it wasn't someone from the outside coming. I wonder if I made a difference too, because it was internal, which San Jose have done at least in the interim basis. Um, I want to go back to that time. I think it was 2016. What, what, there was a game in Kansas city. I remember a disaster game. We did that on TV and it just was like, this, this thing is over. And I remember seeing Ziggy after that. Like he, he, I, he kind of, I could tell in his eyes, he kind of knew, you know, maybe yeah. this is over, but I wonder, take us back to that time in the locker room. Did you guys want, was it a surprise? Did you guys know? How did you guys find out? Um, and then mm. did it help that obviously Schmetz came from the inside? It wasn't bringing a coach from the outside as well.
1: Yeah, so um, you know that game was just set up for disaster. It was a, you know, I think a four o'clock kickoff yeah. in the middle of <clears throat> August in Kansas City, and just standing there during the national anthem. I think the heat index was like one fifteen or something, and I just yeah. remember sweat just dripping from my head, and I was like, this this is going to be an absolute disaster. And uh, I remember Freeberg like went down with an ankle injury. <laughs> and he basically said, I, I can't do it. He can't, I, I can't play in this, you know, <laughs> never been in any temperature above <laughs> 70 degrees. This guy. And that that was just the, the feeling of, uh, of, and going into the locker room, just defeated. You maybe had a little bit of a sense. And I think some guys are probably like, dude, we need something to change, you know, and you can't change a whole team. And that's, the problem with being a head coach is when things are going great, you look like a hero. And when things are shit, you can't just get rid of 20 guys. The coach is the one to go. And that's, you know, then you pack up your bags and you move on. And that's why you take that job because you understand the, the risks. That's why I didn't want to be a coach after playing is because I didn't want to move around. I didn't want to get fired from an assistant coaching job and then have to go to Rio Grande FC and in the middle of Texas and and grind it out for 10 or 15 years just to potentially get another opportunity that just doesn't interest me. So they they understand what they're getting into. And yes, when things are going great, it's great. And when they're not, your head's on the chopping block. That's the job. Um, And then that week we came in and I think Zig... Adrian was in there and made the, the announcement to the team, I believe. And then Zig came in and spoke to the team, you know, about his time in Seattle. And, you know, sometimes shit happens and you have to make a change. And then, you know, they said that Schmetz was going to be the coach and he made a team talk and it was very quick. We went out for training and, you know, a, a new era started for the team just like that. But like you said, nothing else changed. Yeah. That was it, right? Oftentimes you get new coaches like an Almeida comes in to San Jose and brings in a completely new staff. The the mm-hmm. slate is wiped clean. It's new trainers. It's new traveling guys. It's new everything. That's way more difficult than what the Sounders did. And we have to applaud the Sounders for, you know, making the change that they did at the time. It made the most sense and, and especially for the long term. So yeah, a- anytime you bring in a new coach, it's going to Give you a little bit of a boost. Some guys are going to play that didn't play before because, you know, a certain coach has a different vision of one or two guys. But really, the only thing that changed was was the attitude of the team. Um, You know, we kind of got to the point where we said, all right, fuck it. Let's just play. And the results started to come from that. We kind of left everything on the line. Guys were playing for contracts. And, you know, I mean, seven games into the season is kind of bizarre. Obviously, the writing was on the wall. You should have done it in the offseason and gave yourself a whole preseason to, you know, get some guys. So who knows? I don't know if they're changing the whole entire team, you know, yeah. in, in terms of the staff. But that's a tough one. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't applaud San Jose in, in any way. I feel bad for the players, a uh, historical franchise that, you know, doesn't deserve that. And a lot of that stuff has to be on the shoulders of the ownership.
2: Yeah. No, I agree. And, and we've seen it both ways, but coaching changes scare me at least initially that initial bump because the, everyone now is playing for their future. And right. from what I understand they're bringing a guy in who was coaching their reserve team and I know Wondo's is going to be an assistant there. So there's going to be at least some continuation um, heading into the game this weekend. And you can tune in with us to see exactly what happens. Haley, I'll let you give the, like, the exact broadcasting details because yeah, I feel like we, I'm not going to...
3: No, no, no. You got it. um We are on actually main Fox 13. Very exciting. Oh. We are on Fox 13, 950 KJR on the radio, 1360 LRA as always. And Univision is also carrying this one. So it will also be on Univision.
2: 6.30 p.m. pregame, 7 yes. p.m. kickoff. Hopefully no injuries, decent result, at least a point, get through this and then. All the focus and attention um, turns to the big one, the big one of two that starts next week. Um, such a momentous occasion. Um, prediction for this weekend: I'm going to go one-one. I think it'll be you know a tight game to an extent. I Think the Sounders will go in there shop shop um, counter when you can. We'll find a goal. I think San Jose will find one as well. I think probably one-one. That will take for sure two-one win, but I think one-one is maybe a likely result. I would say for the weekend.
1: Yeah, two things. I want to say two, one, and then I want to show you guys my favorite meme of the week. If you haven't seen this yet,
3: oh my god, no!
1: It's not Mo Salah. It's No Salah. That's quality. <laughs> Only the
3: hardest hitting news. On this.
1: <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you gotta That's see. Funny. it yes yeah, quality sam's oh, army also- that's a great that's a great podcast too sam's army they, yeah he, he yeah, does an he awesome does job yeah oh and yeah. before we, so, we go also happy
3: belated birthday to brad evans whose birthday thanks, is buddy. on 420
1: same with steph too steph and, steph steph and, and i Bray. share the same birthday yes. is brad
2: what you know 37 38 37? 37 man
1: Oof. yeah this is crazy i think we all came here
2: you what 22? 22 23
1: 22 yeah 22 or 23 yeah
3: Oh my God, you were my age. Uh That
2: was a long time ago. Amazing. Well, as always guys, thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. And anywhere you get your podcast, it really helps when you like, comment, subscribe, do all of that good stuff. Um, We will be back next week, um, recapping these two games. Um, Of course, hoping to have a couple of W's, especially um, with a game in Mexico in midweek. Wherever you are watching that game, if you're going down there, be safe, of course. But if you're watching from, just be loud, cheer the boys on, and really taking this historic moment for a franchise that you know always seems to be the first um, to do it and to be the first MLS team to win CCL would just be um, the icing on this amazing cake. The sound has been building since 1974. So we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. This has been Side by Side.